When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. All right, welcome back in to the Danny Parkin Show on CBS Sports Radio and Sirius 206. If you're a regular listener to the show, you're hearing more and more of this man because I think he is one of the best writer, reporter, columnist, film breakdown gurus in the game. He is Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports, at Therese Paler on Twitter, the Yahoo NFL podcast with Therese and Charles Robinson back on the Danny Parkin Show. Therese, what's good, man? How you doing today? I'm good, man. Big day of football, man. How you doing? Oh, you know, I loved it, and uh, I prospered today, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, always, that's always good. Um, you're a football junkie, and sometimes you refer to things as football porn. So I'm curious, like, what was the thing that got Therese Paler going today? What was the best piece of football porn you saw in week two? Patrick Mahomes throwing four touchdown passes in a quarter. That's pretty Yeah, ridiculous. that would work. And I know it's against the Raiders, man, but, you know, just the, the aerial circuits of the Kansas City Chiefs, like, if you love football, um, you know, you just got to appreciate it and you got to love it. Uh, the, the offense is so well-designed, so well-schemed, and you've got a great quarterback that can is basically playing kind of on one leg because of his ankle and is still out there slinging dimes. It is, uh, it is something to watch. It was a lot of fun. 278 yards and four touchdowns in one quarter on a bum <laughs> ankle without his left tackle and without his number one wide receiver. Uh, if I gave you a career over under of two and a half MVPs, you going over or under? I would actually take the over because he's already got one under his belt and he's 23. So he could probably play another 15 years. You know, he's not even the quarterback, theoretically, that he should be at 28. You know, there's still things that he's still learning. And he's, he's, he, he's like, really embracing the process, which is how he sped up his learning curve. But, you know, most quarterbacks are better at 28. You know what I mean? So um, I would take the over on that. I know that's really, like, lofty praise, high praise. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, winning the MVP, he was the youngest to do it since Marino, you know. Um that says a lot to me, man, and I think, uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of faith in the talent, so I, I'd take the over on it. Well, so you're, you're a Hall of Fame voter, and so I don't need mm-hmm. to school you on what that means, but for the audience, Peyton Manning has the record with five MVPs, no yep. one's ever had four, and there's three guys ever who had three, and their names are Brady, Favre, and Jim Brown. And you've yep. got Pat Mahomes being the fifth guy ever to reach that plateau. I think that when a young, when a quarterback that's this young is an MVP, you can like originally think that there's a chance that he reaches that plateau. And if you're asking me to bet against the talent, I'm not willing to do it because I know what he is as a player, but also hear great things about him as a person as far as like what he wants to become, how hard he works at it. And believe me, man, like that's not something I take lightly. Like you know it's not, but um, you know, he's a special player and all accounts are he's a special person and that should equal um a lot of accolades in his career and you know, he definitely we but bottom line is this, when you win M V P and you're a quarterback at the age he's done it, you have to 
recognize that there is a path for that player to become the GOAT quarterback. You know, there, there is a path for that. Now, you know, Tom Brady's got all these rings. You know, who knows if Mahomes even gets there. Like, winning one is really, really hard. But, you know, he's a special player, and I'm not willing to put a ceiling on his career right now. Yeah, in no way am I disagreeing with you. I just think that context is amazing when we're talking about yeah. a 23-year-old kid. Yeah. We're talking to Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports, the Yahoo NFL podcast. The exact opposite end of that spectrum is the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Uh-huh. Um, I thought you were going to say the Bears, but okay. Oh, well, listen. I mean, my Bears are. Whew, that is I a. You, well, I, I don't even want to, man. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't even want to talk. That game today was so pathetic. I like, you, if you can draw up a way for a win to feel like a loss, that's what the Bears did today. Yeah, I mean, man. I mean, they won. I, hey, look, kudos to Eddie. Uh, I hear Bear fans are calling him Eddie Dinero. Like, kudos Eddie on the on the great kick, uh, and the Bears find a way to get it done. Um, you certainly hope that you know the offense gets a little more dynamic going forward. And, hey, at least David Montgomery got his rightful touches this week. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. No. There. 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 there That's was a nice start. There was progress, but. Um... <laughs> It's like my dad yeah. saying that he is my uh, grandparents' favorite son-in-law compared to uh, the other two options. He goes, it was a power by an easy compare. Like, they were better this week than last week, but it would be impossible to be worse. So I'm not exactly thrilled about it. Uh, but you wrote a column on the Dolphins that I thought was interesting because, Therese, I've, I, I was there when the Lions lost their 16th game to go 0-16. I, I've seen some of the worst teams in NFL history I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in the modern era. Oh. How, how would oh. you contextualize this? Oh, my friend. I, oh, hold on now. It, the, the, the 2008 Lions were, listen, trust me when I, they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't. They, it was bad. It was, it is 2008 Lions bad. They were the first team to do the 0-16 thing. I think the Dolphins got a chance to be, like, right in that class. But there's, like, no surpassing that Lions team. Like, I was, you know, I, 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 you know, I grew up in Detroit. So, like, I followed that team. Everything was horrific about it. The uniforms were horrific. <laughs> they couldn't stop the run. The offense was terrible. Uh, there was just no bright spots except – for Calvin Johnson as a rookie, it was bad, man. So like, yeah, but I, it, correct it me is if bad I'm, in Miami. But. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, though. Like, the, to me, the different even if this Dolphins team accidentally wins a game, like mm-hmm. the level of dysfunction and the demanding of trades and the possibility of mutiny, like to me, that is something that you just don't see in the NFL. Like in the NFL, if you're on a roster, everyone's playing for tape and for jobs and for contracts that aren't guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, and maybe I'm just forgetting it, but I don't remember the Lions being as much of a dumpster fire outside of those 16 Sundays as this team has the potential of being. Well, my friend, it absolutely would have been if they had social media to the degree they do now. Okay, um, fair enough. You know, I, that team just, no, like we're not going to, it's weird to say, but we're not going to like respect the 2008 Lions enough to think the Dolphins could be worse. That team was atrocious. They were the first team to set this very, very low bar. You know, um, I do think it's – here's the thing. I think the story is that we're talking about the Dolphins being in that class, and, like, that's not even a thing, right? Like, that's not even a question with us. You know, you're talking about whether they can be worse. You know what I mean? 
Um, and they were both really bad. It, here's the thing. Like, my column is like this. If you're taking the long view and you're the team's owner, tanking, it's an embarrassing thing. But if you get Tua or you get Justin, or you get Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence out of it next year, it's probably going to be worth it because those three guys are really special. But the problem is if you're the head coach or you're the GM and you go 0-16, that's not something you really live down. And chances are you probably aren't going to be there to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because you know what happens when you go 0-16? Because it's such a damning thing, every reporter and like every story is like they're keeping a running tally of how bad you've been after every loss. So like the next season, let's say you win a game. Well, then it would be like, yep. The Lions, who won one of the last 18 games, you know, like it, it, it just continues to like uh, to multiply. It doesn't go away. That's how big of a stain it is. So um, it's fine if you're the team's owner, but if you're the guys, if you're the guys being charged with carrying it out, these owners give up on it quickly. Like they, they can't take the heat for for six months, for seven months, twelve months. You know, it's tough. So if I were the Dolphins, you got to get a win somehow. They got to find one somewhere because 0-16 is a really difficult thing to live down and keep your job. Yeah, well, also, if you're Brian Flores and you've got a defensive background, if you lose yeah. a whole bunch of games and then you draft a young quarterback, they're going to want to hire an offensive coach. Like He's got the worst job yeah. in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how this thing is going now, right? You yeah. Know, if, you draft, right, if you draft, you know um, – you know, Tua or Justin Herb, you'd want somebody that's custom fit to call some stuff that works with what the kid wants, right? What the kid can do. And then you get asked, which is why it's a, it's a difficult thing, man. Like if you're taking over a team and there's a plan to be really, really bad, it very, very rarely works out for you because of, because of public pressure, because of tickets, right? Like, you know, if the Dolphins go 0-16, how do you think season ticket sales next year are going to be, even with Tua, right? Like, it would be better, but, like, that's still something. It's a lot easier to sell tickets when you say, we broomed all those guys out. Here's your new regime, you know? These are all things you have to think about um, if you're a decision-maker in the NFL and your team's really bad. This is why res- teams try. <laughs> yeah, right. This is why teams try. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's a novel concept, trying. Uh, Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports is our guest. All right. Back onto the field, you, you and I, uh, we love talking football, and I know you are. You maybe skew a little bit more old school uh, than me, but we like to think these things through and debate back and forth. So I'm curious. Um, I I loved watching Baltimore Arizona today. Like, mm-hmm. I, if Pat Mahomes face of the NFL, but you know, I am here for. Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson's version of the NFL. Those guys were wildly exciting. And I don't know if they are 10, 12 year sustainable type players or if they're just comets, but yo, that was electrifying. How sustainable do you think that style of play is? Yeah, that's a good point. Here's the thing. I kind of think it is. And here's why all these quarterbacks are coming from spread systems in college. It is the predominant offense in college. So, like, I think as we go on, like, from, you know, year to year here, 
there's going to be more quarterbacks that can come in and play because you're running the same stuff they did in college, and the game is more open. It's never been more open from a passing perspective. And guess what? You can't really punish the quarterback, right? Like, here's the thing. If you had Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray and this was 1998, you know what's happening to those guys? Like, like, like yeah, the, they're the, done. The amount, of, the amount of punishment they take after the play is insane, but you can't even hit these guys now anymore. So, like, in general, I, I kind of I feel like it's sustainable. You know, um, Lamar's a really special player. Like, he, he's shown tremendous touch. Um, the, obviously, the athleticism's amazing, but he's really improved as a passer. His teammates really love him. And Kyler Murray's 5'9", right? Um, but at the end of the day, he's a really good pocket passer. He can throw the football. In the pocket, while while in addition to being able to run. By the way, one thing Kyler Murray does well. Look for this. He never really gets hit hard. It is a skill he has. I wrote a story about that uh, in February. He has got this skill where no matter how much, yeah, you know, how much of a beat someone has on him, he almost always has a way to avoid the shot, uh, whether he's in the pocket or out, which is a skill which he needs because he protects himself. So I think it's sustainable. I think it's a fun brand of offense. Uh, now, now, look, you know me, right? You know me a long time. There's nothing I love more than a good old-fashioned, well-executed counterplay. Like, I love it. But, you know, this is, this is 2019, you know? These offenses are fun. And you know what You know what game really turned me around? I was at the Chiefs-Rams game last year. Yeah. In person. In, in person. And on the field. See, that, that game was just a hell of a lot of fun, man. Hey, I'm an old-school guy, but that game was just so much fun. They just kind of say, you know what, if this is where the NFL is headed, I'm good with it, man, because those types of games, they're good for fantasy football, which is one of the main ways uh, people, uh, the NFL ties in the fans. I'm good with it, man. It was just a lot of fun to watch and a heck of a lot of fun to be there and see. It was, yeah, it, it was incredible, and I, I enjoyed the hell out of that game today. So we're going from good to bad, good to bad. So here's, here's a bad that I have for you. <laughs> yeah. um, the officiating, man, like – yeah, man. What, what I, I have my theory on what happened and how they've created a problem that is virtually unsolvable. But what do we do with the fact that now we can review one type of penalty and one penalty only, but we know that a roughing the passer could be a game-changing penalty or an illegal contact or a fa- hands to the face or whatever the case may be. I, I feel like they've opened up Pandora's box with this review and the technology, and I normally hate slippery slope arguments, but to me, you're going that direction, or which I hate because that's too much replay, but I feel like that's where we're going in the NFL. I agree with you. Like the, the game of football is a very difficult game to officiate. You can find a penalty on every play. You can find a penalty on almost every action within every play, right? Um, a go ball, one-on-one coverage. If you really want to call a penalty on either side, you probably could. It all comes down to interpretation, uh, which is why in some ways when you don't have these options to replay, the ref has got to just go on like his initial instinct. Um, you know, if you believe that your first instinct a lot of times is the right one, like if you read Malcolm Gladwell's Blink, you probably believe that, um, you know, it, that's a decent argument for less replay. Um, I'm actually with you. I, I, I think that they've created a monster with this, and you know the smartest teams are going to exploit it at the perfect time for them. Um, I, I think the less we see the rest, the better, to be honest. Like, if, 
nobody wants to see these flags. We just want to see these great athletes play this game, and it's a lot of fun to watch. And, yeah, they got to be involved to keep things from getting too – like, you got to officiate the game. But I, I think there's been a lot of influence given to these refs, and th- there's too much room for judgment calls for me. And that, that's a tough spot to put those guys in, too, because I think they're all trying to do a good job, but they're human. So you, you put them in a position where it's tough for them to win, too. Two more things with Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports, the Yahoo NFL podcast with Charles Robinson. Uh, one journalism question, one football question. We'll start with the journalism one. What is the bigger story, Andrew Luck or Antonio Brown? Hmm. Uh, I mean, look, here's the problem. Antonio Brown, that story has continued for a month. It's that one. That's the one. The, the story that continues to like expand and kind of like redoubles itself over and over again. That's the bigger story. I feel like with the Andrew Luck deal, man, we wrote about that for like a week, and now no one's talking about it anymore. That's the news. That's social media. That's where we're at in today's, um, you know, today's world. Like something can. The news cycle's quick, Danny. Hey, it's quick, man. But the thing about Antonio Brown is that he has commanded these headlines for a month. And it has gotten to the point where people who don't follow football are asking, hey, what's going on with this guy? Hey, what's going on with that guy, right? That's how you know something has crossed over into something that's huge. So, seriously, it's Antonio Brown because it's been Ugh. the last month with this guy. I know, but it's been the last month with this guy, Danny. Yeah, it's going to continue you, that way. You're, he's still playing. He's still generating headlines. But Andrew Luck just he retired and went away. So like I look at it like this: Antonio Brown probably generates more clicks. But just because Us Weekly is writing about you doesn't mean it's significant. Like the Washington Post will do an oral history someday on Andrew Luck's career and decision to retire. You know, like I feel like the weight and the bigness of the Andrew Luck news. <laughs> is more significant than any of this soap opera nonsense with Antonio Brown. Oh, you are sadly mistaken. You don't think there's going to be a book written about the last X amount of years or months about Antonio Brown. Like this, I just I'm don't just care. You, this has been a night. Hey, listen, I know where this is coming from. You're tired of talking about it. Join the club. Yeah. I'm with you. Join the club. I'm with you. Unfortunately, that doesn't just like change the fact that it's just been – the bigger story. And I guess this is semantics a little bit, you know. I actually don't think we disagree. Like, I, like the, the Lux thing is huge. Here's a guy who's 29, at the, you know, a great quarterback. This guy went to the divisional round last year, and he retired like Barry Sanders did. You know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty big – that's a huge deal. But, you know, at the end of the day, big in today's media landscape equals clicks, it equals discussion, it equals headlines, and – Antonio Brown has generated no he's generated the most of any football player um in 2019. Actually, I'd have to go back and look. I mean, it's been the last month with this guy has really been something. Last one, who's the best team in the NFC? I like the Eagles, man. Um I wow. do. And I think I think I think the Cowboys are good too, but this Drew Brees thing concerns me. Um, 
And the Rams are going to be in the mix, too, but I'm a little worried about the Super Bowl hangover. But, like, the Eagles are a good football team, man. And the Cowboys look really good, too. I, I think Kellen Moore is really impressing a lot of people by helping show what Dak Prescott can do with competent play calling. So I, I really like Philly. I think the Eagles are good. Obviously, the Rams. Um, you know, and the Saints are, are still in that mix as long as Breeze comes back. Therese Paler, listen to this man's podcast with Charles Robinson, the Yahoo NFL podcast. Read his work. Follow him on Twitter. Thanks, Therese. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Appreciate you. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color, starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.